G'day, hello, New Zealand, stoked podcast listeners from around the world, wherever you are. My name is Louis Herman Watt, and this is the Stoked Podcast, correct? That's where you are. Mitch Powell is here too. Wow. Wow, 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 as Marcus Lush, the great Marcus Lush would say. What can we say? We're stuffed. I'm emotionally drained, and I'm sure a lot of you are too. And if you don't know why, well, it's probably because you're not a cricket fan, or you've just had your eyes closed all day. Time of recording. I know this is a podcast, but we've got to say it. It's Thursday afternoon. And if you're not a cricket fan, I apologise. I apologise for two reasons and two reasons alone. The first being, we're about to embark on one of the most self-indulgent podcasts that we've ever done, waxing lyrical about the sport of cricket. But more importantly and secondly, I am sorry you are missing out on the ride of your frickin' life. Last night we watched and listened to the Black Caps pull off one of the greatest victories in their storied history, in the history of ODI cricket, we sent the Indians packing and booked our place in the MoFo final. It's the World Cup final. We're going to Lords. We're going to the home of cricket. All the gushing we can muster and some more on this podcast. Maybe a bit of chit-chat about some other stuff. I know there's some surfers out there doing some cool things, but mostly... Mostly it's about the bloody black caps. Could you just get around us? It's the Stoked Pod with Mitch and Louie. Brought to you by Mount Gay Rum. You just drop in, just smack the lip, whoop Mount Gay, since 1703. Time well spent. It's a room full of emotion this afternoon, isn't it? Oh, I'm just exhausted. I've been up... For a while, for quite some time, I was awake for a long time last night. I fell asleep in front of my screen. I woke up at about 3 a.m. It was still playing in front of me. We were all over. We were done. But, um... (laughs) (laughs) Have you... Do you think... How many people listening to this podcast right now do you think are aware that we just won a Cricket World Cup semi-final? I'd say pretty much all of them, yeah. Pretty much all of them. Well, good. Uh, how many people in your life today have you spoken to and you haven't mentioned the cricket? Uh, wow. Really got to have to think about that one. Maybe two. Yeah. A lot of people, though. It's the talk of the town. Yeah, and I've spoken to a lot of people today. A lot of people. Sometimes I wonder if I'm kind of coming from a weird perspective because I work in sports talk back, But today... We honestly just did three hours wall-to-wall of punters ringing the show and telling us about how they experienced and how they um, felt watching and listening to, quite simply, as I just said, one of the greatest wins that the Black Caps will ever have. And I think the thing that makes this so engaging, and this is definitely what we are going to try and talk about uh, today on on today's episode, is that it, it was not so much about the sport and the fact that we now have this grand opportunity to win something, but more just all the emotion and feeling that it invoked in the process of that happening. Like, it's just, it is so awesome, like, become so great and so grand and and just brought on so many incredible feelings that it is now so much bigger than the sport itself or, you know, the act of winning. Yeah, I mean, there's two things here, isn't there? There's the game. 
and the game was so remarkable. And then there's what you're talking about. There's the emotion and the part after the game, or actually during the game. Um, but why, I guess, for context, if you... Look, let's just assume that well, we can reiterate. I mean, who doesn't want to hear about the scorecard? Who doesn't want to hear about this game? Let's just quickly go over what happened. Play by play. All right. New Zealand start their Cricket World Cup campaign. And to be fair, they play some of the lesser nations, probably some of the, the teams that you'd expect them to easily brush past. But it's world cricket. Anyone can beat anyone. Anyway, they do their job. They beat Bangladesh. They beat Sri Lanka. They beat Afghanistan. Their game against India gets rained off. They beat South Africa, not the strongest. And then this is where it starts getting a little bit tricky. Lose to Pakistan, drop a game to Australia, and drop a game to England. So they're going into the semifinals, which they're still qualified for on a three-game losing streak. I think you missed Sri Lanka in there. Ah, we bet Sri Lanka. Yeah. Okay, we're good now. Yeah, we're fine. We bet Sri Lanka. There's no momentum. The winds come out of the sails. People are turning on this team. The sails are flapping, mate, big time. people, people, People turned on them, didn't they? Certainly. Punters got angry. We were accusing Kane of not being aggressive enough. We are accusing Gary Stead of being uh, ignorant in his team selections. Yeah, putting all his eggs in one basket, just like, you know, massive amount of risk just ha- happened, heaped on this one strategy. Last week, I let Rip at Guptill, and I stand by that. I mean, he's our most important player, really, at the top of the order, other than Kane Williamson. He's the guy that's got to fire. He still hasn't, but we were anxious, and we were kind of in a state of, I guess, uh, expectations severely lowered, would you say? Like, going into the semi-final, do you think we were just kind of, a lot of people were just kind of like, wow. I had heard so much of, oh, you know, we're in the semi-final. We made the semi-final again. Like, that's so great, you know. Mm. Go us. We've made the semi-final in another World Cup. No one going, you know, I think. You know, we've got a chance at this. We, I want us to, I want us to win. I really want to win. I want to make it to the final of the Cricket World Cup, and I want to win it. It was, you know, we made it to the semi-final. I think we were preparing already for. We were a making loss. excuses for ourselves for sure. And yes, they were. And, and look, to be honest, and I'm not going to. I mean, yes, this is actually a humble brag. I was one of the people that said we're going to win. I've got people that can stand by that. I wanted to put a lot of money on them. The other half of my TB account disagreed, so we didn't. We only put some money on them. Um, I thought that we had it in us because. At the very least, it is a one-off game. It is one day, so we thought, of one-day international cricket where you've got two teams. What is the difference between Cam, Cam Williamson and Virat Kohli? What is the difference between Trent Bolt and uh, Jasper Bumrah? What is the difference between Tom Latham and Pandya? These are professional, world-class international cricketers. When you get to the top level of any sport, it is so minuscule, the differences. And on each day... That's the thing. A team can win. You know, playoff footy. It's the team that turns up on the day. And boy, did we turn up. We turned up for two days. For two days. (laughs) Thank God there was two days because I couldn't handle all of that emotion um, bundled into one. So, Louis, what I want to know now is where were you, mate? What were you doing? Take me on your roller coaster of emotion. Let's just run through. For day one. You know, I was excited. I was prepared to do the all-nighter, as many people were on Wednesday night. We were going to strap in, and we were going to get involved. And I sat up on the couch with my flatmates, and we watched it, and we watched Guptil and Guptil, <laughs> the poor bloke, flounder, go out, and everyone saw that picture that we put on the st- at the Stokeland and at the Stoke Pod on Instagram. You would have seen the story we put up. Guptil was grim. 
Uh, we watched Kane and Ross. How good were their innings in hindsight? Scrap away about 70-ish each. But we all sort of were like, oh, you know, they're, they're not really firing. And then the rain but, came. Oh, yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, they weren't. Yeah, we weren't like, oh, these guys, are, you know, this is a good nudge from them. We're sort of like, oh, yeah, they've done their job. They, they went well, but no one was going, and, look at these blokes. And can I just say, it's old, it's boring, everybody's heard it a million times. Do not judge a pitch until both teams have batted on it. And did these last two days show that better than anything? So anyway, we get rained off after 47.1 overs or whatever it was. 6.1. 46.1. And we'll go, oh shit, we're coming back another day. And so what did you do, Louis? You strapped in again, mate. You got up there and you were ready for what was set to come, and that was... Well, it was Ross Taylor and Tom Latham coming back to the crease, and, and we said that 240, they'd, they'd need. they need to, to get to 240. 250, it looked like they might get, and then this guy, uh, Ravi Jadeja. The fielder from God knows where. Wow, India. <laughs> yeah, but who created that man? Like, <laughs> I don't know. What the hell? He's cut out of the, you know, it was whoever created Guptill and Jonty Rhodes, all these people, these great fielders. He ran Ross Taylor out. They didn't have enough runs. blah blah you know how it goes. And then there's that spell when it is India's turn to bat. And we knew the pitch had life in it. It was wet. It was overcast. The ball was moving. We knew and we know we have one of the greatest swing bowlers on the planet. Trent Bowl, and we know that we've got Matt Henry, a very, very, very good opening bowler. I'm sick of you absolute swine bagging Matt Henry and telling me Tim Southey should be playing. Go away and don't come back. You are not wanted here. When I said this is this podcast about the emotion, I didn't mean start yelling at people, Louis. Sorry. This is a, this is a nice, quiet, happy place yeah. full of good feelings. Did you... Did you ever actually expect us to be able to take three quick wickets and two of those nah. be Coley and nah. Sharma? It was beyond my wildest dream. So this is where I come in, right? I'm like, all right, this is this two-day thing's really messed up my schedule because I am a 7 o'clock starter at work, which means, you know, i got to get up at about 6 o'clock or something like that. Uh, but day two came around and I went, you know what, you've just got to run on – Bugger all sleep. You've just got to do it because commit to it because these opportunities just don't come, come around very often. So, in saying that, I was there for the game. Right, we've talked about. There's two parts of this. There's the game, and then there's emotion and everything it brings with it. I was there for the game, and boy, did I get the emotion. So, I hop into bed with the old laptop and stream my old man Sky Go account. Shout oh, out Johnny. Yeah. Shout I've out been Johnny. Using that for so damn long, mate. Hey, Johnny. Johnny boy. And uh, I'm I'm there, Sky going. I'm chatting my mates. We've done our three point whatever overs. We're like, oh yeah, that was not ideal, pretty scrappy. But hey, it looks like the pitch is you know sort of doing something oh, here. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah. Because you know our boys were going at it, and it looked oh, yeah. like really, really, but also, really but also, hard work. Don't, I don't want to give the pitch too much credit. Matt Henry, the lines and lengths he hits, and I don't want to get too wanky about cricket stuff, but. The lines and lengths that he hits consistently, the way he can draw a batsman straight in their toes up. Rohit Sharma is probably the world's best opener. If you watch when he got out, his feet, his toes are pointing straight down the pitch. He has been squared completely up. His hands and his arms are away from his body. And that is just by consistent, perfect line length and then a bit of nip and beautiful seam position. And then similar, Trent Bolt, the way he set Coley up. 
He's got a catching mid-wicket in. He's got someone which is close. If Coley's hitting to his left from his right, he's a right-hander, someone close there, putting pressure on. He's got slips in. The way he bowls it outside off stump, he, you know, he lets Coley chase a couple, leave a couple, then he bowls straight. And Coley hits it to that catch him at wicket. Straight again, and he falls, he walks across, and if he misses, Bolt hits. And that's what, so this is, this is simply tactically superb. Yeah. It's just so good. You did get pretty technical there, but but it, it is just, what you're trying to say is that these guys are just so precise and drilled that, you know, it's, it's just so hard to play against, especially mm. when the pitch is moving like it did and boy did we see fireworks and emotional i couldn't i i was in bed watching by myself didn't have any you know i couldn't really get stuck into it with my mates because none of my flatmates watch cricket and <laughs> and yeah i had to, we've talked lizard. about how i have to yeah lizard what the hell uh had to get up early for work and stuff so i'm there and i'm just frantically just typing to my friends just as yeah. fast as i can yeah like you so, know. so so tell me this why is it that when shit gets tight in sports and there are these mo- the most tense, sphincter-clenching... <laughs> sphincter. <laughs> sphincter. Just awfully gut-dropping, just just awful close moments in sport. Why is it that we just need desperate validation that we're not the only ones feeling this? I, I just, was talking to my uncle, my nana, my dad, anybody that's even known me, I was messaging. My best mate's over on the Gold Coast at the moment for some, some work engineering nerd thing. And um, nerd, and I just couldn't get on the blower to him fast enough, and then we started going, "What if?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if? Do we dare to believe? Like, imagine, imagine if Coley goes. Like, w- you know, what if we get him? And then all of a sudden, Bolter, bang, he was out. Leg before wicket. Admittedly, only just, but great goal. Enough, enough. It was all we needed. And he was gone. And then suddenly, they've got five runs on the board. And they're three down. And we're just going, oh, my goodness. And so I tried to stay awake for as long as I could. I was willing to just turn up at work, mm, having zombie. had, like, you know, th- three and a half, four hours sleep. Uh, and I only made it to 11.30. And I think that's when I fell asleep. I saw Jimmy Nation make just an outrageous catch that he had absolutely no right yeah, to make fourth wicket and then i saw him drop one that he probably should have made uh and that's sort of as far back as i remember and then i sort of and i and i woke up well, at 3am my you, laptop was we, still playing you're in front actually of my lucky. face you're lucky because you missed the worst part you missed the part where uh, Jadeja just decided to go bonkers and he came and like put, it was almost like he walked out to the ground and put his own astro turf down and was like here you bolt me on this yeah this he is did, my pitch buddy yeah yeah and then you know as long as Dhoni was the MS Dhoni we know he's the clutch finisher of all finishers as long as he was loitering around and they were they, this partnership uh, it, you know what did they finish with Dhoni finished with 50 no he didn't is that the right one yeah and Jadeja finished with 77. Like, these guys, yeah, don't have 50, Jadeja so, 77. Okay, they so, just built so this 50, innings back. 50 and 77. And they came in at what? Like, they are down the order, man. Eight and nine, I think. There's only three blokes Seven left after them. So just to put that into perspective, for us, who's coming in for us at that stage? De Gronholm's already gone at that stage, right? I believe it would be Mitch Santner and... Was it Trent Bolt they put in? Uh, well, they actually, our order was stuffed up. Yeah. It's usually Mitch Santner and, um, 
And I think it's DeGron Holman Santa usually. That's who would have left. Yeah, so you know, two pretty handy batsmen as well. Yeah. Just not the the world's greatest cricket closer in any But You just not you just uh, when they come on, you're like, Oh yeah, they could probably knock it around for, you know, hopefully forty or so each, maybe sixty, maybe, maybe on a really good day their partnership would get to a hundred. But what these two blokes from India did was simply remarkable. And if you were awake watching it from Probably about what? What do you reckon? Probably like twelve thirty to one thirty. I, I don't even that, know. I just the whole the whole thing just warped into itself. From about sort of when they needed between ninety and fifty to win that period, there you would have just been going, "Oh my god!" I've just seen literally one of the greatest starts of all time, and we might lose this. And game. we might lose it. That's how good these guys are. And then as soon as it got to about fifty runs required to win. Our bowlers just went to work, and that run rate, rate just they they just piled pressure on. Well, like, what, what happened was Jadeja was going at these bowlers and the slower bowlers, and he was the one, and Dhoni was kind of sitting back and letting Jadeja stri- up the strike rate, and he was middling them, and he was getting to the pitch of the ball because we were bowling a nice good length, and that he was getting to it, but he couldn't keep hitting them. This pitch, he didn't actually have his own astro turf out there. This pitch was a wee bit shoddy, and it was doing stuff, and eventually top-edged one. Trent Bolt goes, bowls it. Kane Williamson, who would you rather have on the world under that catch? For me, no one. I know that there's probably better fielders out there, but I want my captain taking that catch, get around us, and then Gupta with the run out. You know, that moment is just iconic, isn't it? Do we need to talk about that for a sec? I don't know. Do you? Yeah, yeah, we can talk about it. So... Guppy, as we've said multiple times, Louis specifically, has been under a lot of heat. And uh, and this is d- obviously does not take away from the fact that he just really doesn't seem to be able to swing a cricket bat at the moment. But this 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 ball got nicked away over um, out into the field. Latham, Tom Latham goes chasing after it. He leaves his wickets and he just tears after this thing. Of course, Guppy got to it first because he's just a fielder from hell. He's an athlete. An absolute specimen. And he just absolutely whips it at the stumps. Just flings it in there. Ball goes flying through the air. And if this doesn't hit the wickets, something quite bad is is probably going to happen. Who ran in to go and... De Gronholm was there. And underrated point about this, De Gronholm didn't put his hands in the way. Because it's hard. He was side on. He wasn't behind the wickets. And he's trying to figure out if it's going to hit or if he needs to get there and try and... Uh, run him out himself, and he left his big duchy mitts away from and it. And he had to. He it, had to. Yeah. But if if he doesn't go for it and the ball misses, what happens then? God knows. It's all on. Guptill's just thrown this so fast. It could. Who knows how far it's going to run? But he didn't. Uh, just yeah. laser-like vision and... <laughs> Guppy, you know, for the toes that guy is missing, he has just gained some ridiculous accuracy. Maybe that's the equation here. Less toes, better thrower. I don't know. Just speculating here for a sec. But oh, he's a gun fielder. Guppy and, nailed and he's, it. And, and he's, he, he's, he's, dude. And I, th- I think that was the wicket that that once oh, the I think once Dhoni was out. I think was, India were home if we didn't. India would have no, would have got pretty close if we no, didn't get that wicket. I don't wicket. know about that because Dhoni used to actually hadn't hit many boundaries himself. He had that one that he banged, he got short, and it went all the way over point, and, you know, uh, I don't know. Point being, it was so tense until Guptill came up clutch, and, you know, maybe this is the moment that spurs him on, because you know where we're going? To Floods. Floods! We're going to Floyd Mayweather, no, we're going to Floods. Floods, we're going to Floods. We're going to the home of cricket, they're playing a consecutive Cricket World Cup. We've only ever been in one. Ever. 
And we lost it because Brendan McCullum got bowled on the third ball by Mitchell Stark. Mm. Four years later, we're going back to another one. And by God, I hope we play against England. I don't care. No, I, I mean, I, I'll, no, I don't. I mean, we're in the final. Who cares? It's more not for the fact that, oh, I don't think we can beat Australia, that I just want to play England at beat home, them at, at Lords. And the other thing is, hey, we lost to Australia where in the last one? At the G. At the G. You know, we play England at Lords. You know, if we if we go down, and this is not me trying to make excuses again, but if we go down in the two finals that we've only ever made, we oh, went to the home side at their, you know, most prestigious of grounds. So how cool is that? What does that say about our nation? God damn it, we lost a series 4-1 to India at home this summer. 4-1. And Coley didn't even play. Maybe you should have been playing, practicing how to batting and swing bowling. You- Oh, I'm too good. I'm married to the richest Bollywood star in the world. Man. No, I actually like Vera. He was quite humble. I he's a great bloke. Him. He's a great yeah, bloke. He's lovely. Sorry, I'm just so jacked. All right, so we've tried to, you know, we hope we've painted you a bit of a picture and put on some, you know, some maybe some n- nostalgic feelings uh, of, of how the game went, what, what happened. If you didn't see it, you bloody know what it was like now. Now. And now let's get into it, Louis. I, and I know you've been crying all day. I know that you've been just sitting there emotional, just <laughs> tired, exhausted, mentally, spiritually, your hawara just My hawara is all over the place yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to trigger you again, but just listen to this. But this, this is, is this triggering. Is, this is our dear friend, Jeremy Coney, former New Zealand cricket captain, great, Part- one of the greatest commentators on the planet. Part of the BBC commentary team right now. Part of the Radio Sport commentary team right now. Him and Brian Waddle are flying the New Zealand flag over there for those guys and just have a listen about how much this means and try not to, you know, reciprocate the feeling. It's just here. So New Zealand now embracing uh, and saying, Ray, we've, we've managed to do something that we didn't think really that we might but they have. New Zealand win by 18 runs. You know, I tell you what, there'll be people at home at the moment, you know, and they'll be just so pleased. Oh, Jeremy, plenty of emotion. That's just wild, man. Just unadulterated passion and just, this is a guy who has captained New Zealand in some grim years to some successful, to some famous, famous, famous wins before ODI cricket even existed. This is a guy that goes up and down the country every summer watching his, I guess, colleagues in a way, um, represent New Zealand every summer. And they got slagged off. This These guys got bags by us talking heads and, you know, people on the street. And they just didn't give up. And then to hear what that means to a former New Zealand cricketer of Jerry's stature, I mean, it's just... He's the bloke. He's the voice. He's... He's the commentator that's out there every day. You know, he's the one that that has to, you know, try and bring this to you in the most professional and you know, I don't know, articulate, br- articulate, brilliant ways. And he does, and he does the most incredible job of it. Like Louis said, so to hear you know him sort of you know not break down, but he got bloody emotional there. Um, the same mate that I was uh, that I was you know chatting all the way through the the uh, madness of last night. Uh, went for a, told me he went for a walk on the beach this morning just to sort of, you know, gather his thoughts and think about what he'd just witnessed and the fact that we're in the final. And the idea of uh, of Ross Taylor lifting that trophy on, 
Sunday night, Monday morning, just got too emotional for him and he just started tearing up. So uh, you go for the game, Louis, but you stay for the emotion. And uh, You do, yeah. you do. And it, it just as I was saying, you know, you, you message people and you... You share experiences, and I know this is kind of t- turned into the oral history of yesterday, but <laughs> it was just such an incredible evening, and, you know, we're, we're running on fumes now. So, um, look, before we get out of here, and um, we've got some uh, little tidbits to get into, and we will do that. Um, we'll do that very shortly, because we need to give Mount Gay a huge shout-out. We do. Because Mount Gay are just probably going to get me through Sunday night. This is what this is what I said today on Twitter. Very special afternoon on Radio Sport, taking a massive amount of calls from the most passionate Black Cats fans there are, the Radio Sport listeners. I love our audience. I love our listeners. I love the way sport can bring us together with an unadulterated joy and passion. Today is the fucking best. Today's about as good of a day as I think I've ever had. And that's not even mentioning the Crusaders won 10th title on Saturday. Boom! It's the Stoked Pot with Mitch and Louie. Brought to you by Mount Gay Wrong. You just drop in and just smack the lip. Mount Gay, since 1703. Time well spent. Was it only 10? Yeah, just the 10th title. I, I can't believe that was only this weekend just gone. I, I feel like it's a, that's a lifetime ago. How many sporting, emotional sporting successes can one man have? Mate, I've eaten up so much content over the last week. We had the footy final. We had consumed the, it. We had the Warriors win. We've, we've State of the, Origin last night? State of Origin. One o. of the great series oh. and deciders ever. I was reading the live blog for that while I was trying to watch the cricket. The Blues won, by the way. Not the Auckland Blues, <laughs> the New South Wales won. The New South Wales Blues won. They've been on a bit of a tear recently. It's so awesome to see them back in some form. Uh, this, Yeah, the surfing's on at the moment. Some Kiwis running in real hot. We'll get to that in a sec. Well, so our, well let's do it now. Our, we've got a fantasy surf league. We do. That, Stoked pod. That would be the Stoked pod uh, on WSL, WS, WSL Wizzle Fantasy Surfing. At the Stoked Pod League, uh, I think the password is the Stoked Pod. Or is it just Stoked? Or s- no, sorry, it is Stoked. It's yeah. just Stoked, just plain old Stoked. Got no heaps of teams there. Heaps of people in there. I am looking so red hot. You know what I did this week? After learning that John John Florence is no longer surfing this year because he's torn that ACL for the second time. Put money on Kelly Slater to win the whole thing. Yes. Did you really? No. Oh. <laughs> I put $100 on Felipe Toledo. Felipe Toledo. Uh, $2.55. I can't see him losing the world title. Really? Uh, like, who... Just think about it. Who would stop him? This other guy called Gabriel Medina, who's... He's, like, almost out of touch already. He's always out of touch at this point of the competition. He just does nothing for the first half, and then he just comes tearing home. Yeah, Philippe's been pretty mental, though. So that's that's a happening thing. J-Bay, Rick, one So, so J-Bay is on. Both Rick and Paige won their first round heats. So they go straight on to round three. This is awesome. This is incredible. Rick just absolutely dominated his first round heat. Who was in his heat? That's that's so great. Uh, who did he have? Let me, let me bring it up now. A guy, a guy by the name of Ryan Callanan, who is 
Uh, who just like Rick was there in 2015 fell off tour and has come back for his first year now absolutely ripping and someone else who obviously doesn't matter because he beat the crap out of him and then Paige Harib turns up and beats two absolute shredders beats the the rookie of the year the girl who is uh, who is top of the top of the rookies she's top of the first year folk as well as someone called Courtney Conlog who is just the most fearsome you trash of, Courtney of Californian characters you know Paige Harib would have had like 2% of the vote to win that heat yeah, well, you know what? I'm sick of people telling us Kiwis we can't win things. Exactly. I'm sick of you. Maybe that's what we're stoked on today, Louis. We're stoked on New Zealanders climbing to the top of the mountain like Sir Edmund Hillary did all those years ago. You know where you... Setting standards. You know where you can stick your... Oh, well, New Zealanders good at the per capita statistic. You can stick that right up your stoked podcast yeah, yeah. because well, screw the per capita. Yeah, we're I, just going to win it outright. For, for you, Andreas Haraf, you grub. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> stupid. I don't know. I'm so overtired. Anything else? We've probably got more podcasts coming next week. Something exciting will happen. Something exciting will happen. Oh, we'll be. We're, oh, we're in a cricket World Cup final on Sunday. Did we? Get the bloody hell around us. Come for the game. <laughs> Stay for the Stoke Pod. No, sorry. Come for the game. <laughs> Stay for the emotion. We hope that we've invoked some emotion in you today, that you're feeling a little bit joyous, and uh, go tell someone you love them and watch the Cricket World Cup final. But most of all, stay stoked. It's the Stoked Pod with Mitch and Louie. Brought to you by Mount Gay Rock. You just drop in, just smack the lip, whoop Mount Gay, since 1703. Time well spent.